Welcome to the ProcureTech Podcast, where we aim to excite and inspire you about how technology will shape our profession's future. I'm your host, James Meads, and I worked in corporate procurement for 16 years before starting my own business as a content creator and consultant in the procurement technology space. I'm deeply convinced that procurement must become less technocratic and embrace the entrepreneurial spirit and creativity if we're ever going to shake off our image of being a process-obsessed, box-ticking function. You definitely won't find vanilla content on here, and we're not afraid to tackle some controversial topics and tell it like it really is. So if that's your thing, now let's jump right into this week's episode. Yes, hello, and a very warm welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech Podcast. Great to have you with us. And just before we dive into today's podcast, just want to give you a very quick update of what we've been doing over on the website at procurementsoftware.site. Because we've just launched a brand new look and fresh feel to the website, which is really the culmination of pretty much the whole summer that we've been working on putting this together. What does it mean for you? you as the user? Well, a couple of things, really. It means that the front-end user interface is a lot more fresh and modern looking, which makes it much, much easier and more intuitive, hopefully, uh, for you to use. We'd love to get your feedback on that. We've added another 65 new solutions into the database. So we've now got over 400 solutions that are on there. And we've also launched two new digital products as part of our refresh. The first one that we've launched is a completely free of charge, introductory 25-minute online course uh, called Digital Procurement 101, where I really just give anyone that's curious to get to know more about the digital space a very quick and easily accessible product uh, that they can watch. I think it's eight videos in total that we've got on there that is only 25 minutes long in total, which means that you can watch that on your lunch break and get a good solid grounding of uh, the digital procurement space. Really, what I want to do here is just to amplify the message of what digital procurement can do and the potential that it offers, which is why we're offering that that course completely free, regardless of whether you're a practitioner, consultant, or solutions provider. Go in and download it. Just head to store.procurementsoftware.site and you can go in and access that course. The other product that we've launched is uh, back-end access to our database that powers the front-end of procurementsoftware.site. And we did this because while the front-end does offer you a number of things that you can filter on and drill down on uh, completely for free, I, I realized that there are more advanced users out there that may want to have a bit more of a malleable tool that they can filter, slice, dice, group data uh, data in, in whichever way they want to do that. So we can, we've, we've got two different tiers that we're going to offer uh, for this product. The first one will give you, will get you a year's access to the database where anytime that we update anything in there, you'll immediately be able to see it and you can filter, slice, dice the data in whichever way you want to 
based on much more search criteria than you currently have on the front end of the website. Then the second tier, which is really aimed more at boutique consultancies and solutions providers, maybe that want to do competitive research or really get a deep knowledge of the market, that will then offer you push notifications each time we add or update a record uh, or modify a record in the database. If you want to learn more and maybe want to hop on a quick 15-minute call with me to see a demo, uh, then just reach out james at procurementsoftware.site and I would love to show you what we've done. I'm really, really proud of it and I think that it offers really an affordable way to get to grips and completely understand uh, the whole procurement tech ecosystem without having to take out a five-figure subscription to one of the more expensive research houses out there. Anyway, that's enough from me talking about our digital products. Today's episode is a solo episode called The State of ProcureTech. I don't normally do solo episodes for the very simple reason that the guests that I bring onto the show offer so much more knowledge than I could ever give you on my own in this space. And I, just for purely selfish reasons, just to love to soak up their knowledge as a bit of a sponge and understand uh, everything that's driving the digital procurement ecosystem from their standpoint as well. But every now and again, I do like to do the odd one of these. And the last one that I did was back in May. So I thought it was time to do a little bit of time with just me and you as the listener to update you on a couple of things that I'm seeing out there from conferences that I've been to, conversations that I've been having. So I'm going to break this down into two sections. The first one is going to look at some of the fundamental issues, challenges, and opportunities uh, that the procurement profession has in general. And then in the second section of this podcast, uh, I'm going to go through some of the trends that I'm seeing in the procurement technology market uh, based on some of the conversations that I've been having uh, over the past few months. So let's dive straight in, first of all. And the first thing that I'm seeing as a challenge out there is change management. So a lot of the a lot of the talks that I heard last week when I was at ProcureCon in Barcelona, and I suspect it will be the same at DPW, which I'm attending this week as this podcast is published is all around change management and bringing people along with you on the journey. We're dreadful marketers, aren't we, in procurement? We're not very good at communicating why we're doing something and bringing our stakeholders uh, along with the journey. So change management and marketing and communication, which I would sort of apply the same logic to, these are both areas where there's a lot of talk now that we just need to bring our stakeholders into the journey sooner and communicate with them better around what we're trying to do and really understand how technology or how procurement in general uh, can help improve their day-to-day life within the company that we work for. Tied into that is the discussions, and there were a lot of these discussions at ProcureCon actually around talent, particularly around acquiring and then retaining 
good young professionals that want to come into the procurement profession. And it's been talked about a lot that there aren't really many degree programs, especially at undergraduate level, uh, that focus primarily on procurement. There are a few more now uh, coming into uh, into the master's space. And there was a great talk actually at ProcureCon uh, by Paul Alexander, who's a former CPO, uh, who now is putting together an academic program uh, for an MSc in procurement at uh, at the University of Portsmouth in the UK, talking a little bit about this, about how can we prep youngsters coming out of university, either as bachelor's or as master's graduates, uh, that want to actually come into procurement as a profession and are already to some extent trained as to what to expect when they join the profession. A lot of us, me included, kind of sort of fell into procurement uh, and didn't really go through college or university saying at the end of it, I want to go and work as a buyer. Nobody really did that. Certainly, you know, 20 or so years ago when I entered the profession. So a lot of talk about talent and what we can do to retain them and attract them into procurement. Salaries is obviously going to be a big one, especially if you look at the cost of living crisis that we have across most of North America and Western Europe but also making the uh, the profession attractive enough to want to retain younger millennials and Gen Z. And I talk a lot about that in, in terms of Really, just giving people the tools that they uh, that, that they want to use to do their job. If you've got digital natives coming into your organization that have grown up using uh, using smartphones, you know if they've used Uber or Tinder or Airbnb or any of these really easy to use interactive. B2C apps, and then they get into work and they have to use a, a, an ERP system that feels like it was designed in the 1990s, because it was, uh, or, or some of these, or some of this legacy clunky procurement technology. It's little wonder that, you know, folks are disillusioned with, with that type of approach. So I do think having a good modern tech stack is is a piece. It's not the be all and end all, but it's certainly a piece of the puzzle of how can we we attract and retain the best talent into procurement roles. The other one that I heard, and this both surprised me and made me despair a little bit at the same time, is that a lot of big corporates are really restri- are really restricting travel budget at the moment, meaning that. Conferences often are struggling to 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 get the the number of attendees that they want to get, and people are really having to justify uh, why they need to travel uh, from a business case perspective. Which I kind of understand. You know, there's no infinite travel budget that anyone can go out and spend, but I do think it's a very commercially illiterate approach to be limiting what people can spend their money on when it's going to develop them as people through attending these conferences and getting inspiration and understanding what peers and competitors are doing in this space. And I just think it's a very short-termist view. You know, why not give, and maybe I'm just a little bit too much of an entrepreneur in the way that I think about these things, but why not just give every single person in your team a travel budget that they can manage or a conference budget or a training budget that they can manage and give them the autonomy to go out and spend it wisely themselves on what they think they need. And 
you know, if they think that they can upskill themselves by watching YouTube videos and uh, and uh, and taking Udemy courses, then you know maybe they'll have a few hundred dollars or euros left over to go and attend a conference, for example. It just seems to me a very logical and very uh, and, and very modern way, progressive way of approaching this by just saying, give your employees autonomy to spend a set budget as they see fit. And and then it, it takes this whole debate out of the equation. Okay, so moving on, there is lots of talk about digitization out there in general. But something that I'm starting to question is, is there much action in terms of purchasing and implementing solutions beyond the big source to pay suites? And it's kind of a rhetorical question because I am seeing especially in the sustainability space and the ESG space, a lot of software solutions are really growing in that area. But I'm also seeing some solutions, I think, are struggling somewhat uh, to, to really kick on from their initial customer acquisition journey. So be interested to hear anyone's thoughts on that, what they're seeing out in the marketplace, particularly maybe from some solutions providers. But there's a lot of talk about digitization. It's everywhere now. It dominated the agenda at ProcureCon, um, along with sustainability and ESG and talent. They were the three pillars, I would say, in terms of um, in terms of the major conversation and presentation topics. Uh, but what is actually happening on the ground? You know, how many organisations are actually going ahead and implementing tech beyond? you know, the big Fortune 500 large enterprises. I'm not entirely sure there. And the other thing that, the other thought that popped into my mind when I was looking at how fast, especially some of these uh, sustainability tools are growing, is can we as procurement professionals perhaps tap in to the opportunity that the drive for sustainability and supply chain transparency and emissions tracking is going to give us to perhaps then open the door to get investment into other procurement technology as well. Because, you know, sustainability, especially in Europe with some of the legislation that's coming in, a company is going to have to invest in some tech to be able to track all of the regulatory data that that is going to have to be reported on uh, at some point in the near future. So can we tap into that to get more investment into other areas of procurement tech uh, that we also desperately need? So let's now move on to what I'm generally seeing as trends in the market from a procurement technology space. So number one, perhaps the elephant in the room is generative AI. There is a heap of conversation going on about generative AI. Lots of theory. Is anyone actually doing that much though? There's a lot of tech, there are a lot of tech platforms that are incorporating generative AI, particularly on the source to pay and procure to pay and, and intake side. A lot of tech companies are bringing that in as part of the experience, really to just enhance the first touch point, I guess, that the user has with the technology because it's a lot easier uh, to, to use generative AI to really extrapolate and understand what the user is asking for and then helping to point them in the right direction uh, towards who they need to speak to or maybe what catalog they need to access or what procurement tool uh, they need to they need to leverage to fulfill 
their need, particularly in the source to pay or the intake process. This also can be, on the subject of AI in general, can be a cheap way to unlock some extra resources within your procurement team through automating and simplifying uh, what were previously quite time-consuming tasks. And by that, I'm thinking of using tools like ChatGPT and other similar tools that are out there to just do a lot of the heavy lifting for you that previously would have been impossible just even a year ago. So without necessarily needing a big budget to go out and and buy some technology, with just, I think it's $20 a month that ChatGPT costs as a subscription, as a, as, as a premium user, that gives you a lot of opportunity to be able to automate away or, or use AI kind of as a personal assistant to do a lot of your spade work for you that otherwise would have, uh, would have taken up a lot of time for the average procurement professional. So that's number two, sort of connected to the whole generative AI conversation. Number three is the opportunity that low-code and no-code tools offer as an alternative to some of perhaps the more simple procurement software applications. So whereas if you'd have asked me when I first started this podcast uh, three and a half years ago, back in March 2020, does it make sense to build your own procurement tech stack? I would have said, don't be silly. Why are you trying to communicate with all of these VC-backed entrepreneurs and software geniuses in Silicon Valley or or elsewhere in the world that are building these great procurement tech applications? Why would you even try doing that with an in-house team? Now, I'm kind of seeing it from a different perspective because, and this I'm talking here more on the sort of lower end of the market, you can use low-code and no-code platforms to build some pretty basic but very functional applications that can automate and that can store a lot of data and become a good sort of repository or, or internal tool for things like contract management, vendor master data or supplier relationship management, requisition to PO automation, and also just like project management or project collaboration type applications. So certainly at the lower end, instead of going out and buying a a cheap SaaS application to do this with no-code platforms like Airtable and SmartSuite and ClickUp, just to use some some examples, you you can build your own software that can do that. So that, I think, now whether... Procurement teams have this the skill to be able to go out and do it. That's a different question entirely. But I do definitely think that it opens the door uh, to not necessarily have to go out and get budget to invest in best of breed procurement technology to do uh, some of the more mundane or routine process automation tasks or, or repository type uh, software functionality. Likewise with project collaboration as well. So if within your team, you've got someone who's quite interested in learning new software and learning new new tech applications. This could be a way to be able to build some simple apps on the cheap uh, without necessarily having to, to go out and sign a contract with a procurement tech vendor if you're just trying to perhaps dip your feet in the water and see how technology can, uh, uh, can help you to simplify and automate uh, a lot of day-to-day procurement tasks. So that's number three. 
Number four trend that I'm seeing is the proliferation of intake solutions. And ever since Zip, as the front runner in this space, came onto the market in, I think it was early to mid-2021, um, I stand corrected if that's uh, if I've got that wrong. But ever since they came onto the market, we've started to see a gradual uptake of the number of solutions that are offering uh, intake solutions. Intake, if you're not sure what it means, is when a stakeholder or when a supplier comes and needs to interact with procurement as a function at large, what is the first point of contact that they have with the function? And really just simplifying and facilitating that journey of the stakeholder or the supplier in terms of how they interact with you as a procurement function. There are a multitude now of solutions that that do intake, and there are a lot more that claim to do it on their website. But when you scratch the surface, they actually don't really do it. The point that I'm making here is that I think user experience is going to get more and more important. I know that I've talked about this a lot on previous podcasts, but I think that really ties into the fact that we're seeing a proliferation of more and more intake solutions coming onto the market. Number five, I predicted this kind of at the beginning of the year, but we are seeing more mergers and acquisitions in this space. Just last week, Darkbeam announced that they had been acquired by Apex Analytics. Risk Methods earlier in the year were acquired by Sphera. They were both, they're both pretty big acquisitions. Uh, Apex Analytics is a third party risk management platform. Darkbeam is a, a supply chain cybersecurity platform. So they are obviously a very good strategic fit together. But the general point is here, we're seeing more and more acquisitions in this space. And quite honestly, I think it is going to continue. And while there are, uh, by a long way, not as many procurement tech solutions out there as there are fintech and marketing tech and legal tech solutions, for example, I do think that we're going to see a lot more consolidation in this space, both as successful companies want to build on that success and acquire complementary solutions um, that help them to, to build and add to their product portfolio faster, as well as, sadly, some solutions that perhaps aren't going to make it and will not get their next round of funding and that will get snapped up by some of the bigger players as well. Number six is tech companies have drastically cut back on their marketing budget across the board. I'm seeing this everywhere. Whereas tech companies, procurement tech companies last year were were throwing budget and sponsoring conferences and attending conferences left, right and center this year, they're being much more picky about what they attend. And I think that that just reflects just a sobering reality out there that, you know, a lot of SaaS budgets have been cut. Headcount in headcount reductions, inflation is really impacting what procurement teams have got as budget to go out and spend on technology. And the general economic situation is just, it is making sales harder for procurement tech. So I think the fact that they're cutting down on marketing budget and and conferences and and what they're doing as outbound activity really reflects that. Is it a sensible decision? I think I'm going to sit on the fence there. I think perhaps in the past, they've maybe been a little bit too gung-ho of uh, what they've been spending their money on and and not perhaps um, taking a step back and looking at what the ROI was of 
sponsoring certain events or or, uh, or or attending certain conferences. Now, I think just through necessity, they're having to do that. With that being said, I do think that in some cases, if they've completely cut their marketing budget, that's perhaps a little bit too short term and a rather foolish decision because, as I've often alluded to, beyond the big players, procurement professionals often haven't heard of some of these more niche solutions. So, you know, unless they're really getting their message out there in, in another way, you know, maybe through social media with their LinkedIn presence or through SEO, through getting traffic to their website, then their brand awareness perhaps might suffer as a result of those actions, but only time will tell. Kind of connected to number six. Number seven is there have been a lot of layoffs in the procurement technology space, especially in sales and marketing roles. So Cooper was obviously the biggest one. Uh, They cut up to 30% of their workforce in May, but they are by far not the only ones. Uh, I've seen also that Vendor and Tealbook also cut a lot of people. Um, and there are more out there as well that, that perhaps I've not heard of and that were perhaps not so big in number. But the general trend is that there have been a lot of layoffs this year, not only in procurement tech, but in SaaS and in technology companies much more widely. It's sad to see, perhaps not so surprising when you look at how quickly some of these companies scaled, perhaps a little bit too quickly, if we're all honest. Uh, But that's definitely a trend. It started to slow down a little bit now. I've not heard over the past couple of months of any major layoffs. So maybe going into Q4 and going in towards the end of the year, uh, that will start to stabilize. Be interesting to see if it does pick up again if budgets come back in the new year and people are going out and buying procurement tech and the market picks up. But definitely one to be aware of uh, if you are considering buying a solution and you want to know, okay, how well are you going to be supported um, from a from a customer success and an implementation space if uh, if a lot of these tech companies may have cut back on some of their staff. And then finally, number eight is around the boom that I'm seeing in sustainability and supply chain transparency reporting software. Last week, it was announced that Plan A, a Berlin-based startup, got $27 million in funding. Just another one of a long chain of ESG-type solutions that are really flying at the moment and uh, and growing like crazy. Part of that is obviously down to legislation, especially in the European Union. Uh, the Germans introduced their law this year, the Lieferkettensorgungspflichtgesetz. I lived in Germany for 12 years. That's how I can pronounce that, or the LKSG for short. That German legislation has pretty much been mirrored across Europe and is and is being rolled out now at a European level, and that just means that a lot of these supply chain transparency, sustainability, ESG type of software solutions are growing like crazy, and I suspect that trend will uh, make its way across the pond to North America too sooner rather than later. So. Uh, Certainly, if you want to go and invest in a procurement tech company, or if you've got the opportunity to somehow get some equity or exposure to those, uh, I think that would be a great long-term play because I don't think any of these solutions are going to be going away anytime soon. So that is a quick 
25-minute summary of where I see procurement and procurement tech in general as it stands at the beginning of October. What do you think? Have I missed anything out? Is there anything you would like to add to that? Or is there anything that you fundamentally disagree with? Uh, Drop me an email or drop me a LinkedIn DM. Would love to hear your thoughts. In the meantime, I thank you for listening to the ProcureTech podcast. There are lots of procurement podcasts out there. So I'm very, very grateful that you've chosen to listen to me today. And I feel humbled that you're a listener. Don't forget to like us or write us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to us, as it does help us to reach more people. And until next time, take care wherever you are in the world and bye for now. 